so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. In my previous sermon, I spoke to you about shalom, peace. And I see peace as one of the lenses that is there for us in scripture to explore our faith in Jesus to explore the nature of our lives and to work in that in regard to our mission in this broken world. I defined peace for you as a completeness or a wholeness. And we usually like to think of peace in terms of tranquility or even tranquility from God under stress. But shalom is more than that. It is a right relationship between people and people and God. And it is a wholeness and a security and a healing and a goodness and a prosperity about life as well as absence or the cessation of war. I've encouraged us to think of ourselves as people who receive this peace of God, who live in this peace of God, and then who share that peace of God with others. That we do that in the face of all the things that mess us up and break peace in our world. Whether that's the operation of our sinful nature, whether that's the operation of someone else's sinful nature, or whether it's ourselves. We recognise in ourselves and other people that we are broken people. We recognise that there is a false peace that sometimes needs to be challenged so that we don't have stories of peace that are actually stories of war. And we need to have a hope that Jesus will bring ultimately his final peace to this world when he comes again and claims this world and all of us back to himself. So in the context of all of that, today I'd like to talk to you about the place that peace with God, peace with God has in that context of shalom. So will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, as we focus in today on this topic, bring to us the joy of the reconciliation that we have with you, our God. And allow it to flow through our hearts and minds and spirits and then into our lives that we might enjoy you forever. And we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Peace breakers and peace is lost in our lives constantly. Happens every day. I create those, those creation of, of breakdowns and then that rolls outwards to all the circumstances that I see around me practically every day. I see it when people are sick. 
I see it when there is war. Doesn't it break your heart to see what's going on in the Ukraine? I see it in political unrest. I see it in relational tension. I see it in the words that husbands use to their wives and wives to their husbands. I see it in family tensions. I see it in church division. I see peace being broken all around me. And even when things are good, I can ask at times, have I done the right thing here? Have I made the wisest choice? Have I done it with the right motive? And so that even when I'm seeking to do good, there is this tension about things not being quite right. So what I'd like to do today is to suggest that we need a solid basis for building our lives on and building peace on. We need a house that is built on secure, solid foundations that is adequate to meet the challenges of all the weathers of life and to cope with the stress and disturbance that comes around us. And today, I want to explain how being at peace with God provides that soundness, provides that structure, provides that security to the lives that we live. If you want a peaceful life, if you want to be whole, if you want peaceful relationships, get sorted out with God. That's the basis of what I'm saying. Forget everything else I say, just think about that. We have a beautiful reading in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. From verse 1. It starts with the words, therefore, that suggest that it is a turning point in the argument. It starts in chapter 1 and verse 18, where God justifies us through the Lord Jesus Christ in the death of the Saviour. And, and then it becomes the launch pad in this verse for the implications of those, that good news that will flow out of that in this passage. So it says, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and we stand by grace in that peace. So since that is true, that builds forwards into that flow for our character. For us becoming the people that God wants us to be. Helped by the Spirit of God. And to see the wonder of that in the light of the fact that once we were enemies and now become friends with God, his family forever. And goes on to say how we are saved by the life and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, we need to start exploring what that verse 1 is all about. And the big thing in the verse is justification. So what is justification? Have we got that definition up there yet? Definition of justification by Jim Packer, theologian. Justification is God's act of remitting the sins of guilty men and, their, and women as well, just in case you didn't realise that, and accounting them 
righteous freely by his grace through faith in Christ on the grounds not of their own works but of the representative law-keeping and redemptive blood-shedding of the Lord Jesus Christ on their behalf. Have you got indigestion? Yep, so did I. Two things about it. Big picture. God is at work in the universe, working out his plan of redemption. The big deal is what God has done, and we are the reason for the big deal to occur. And secondly, there is the connection to that big picture for those who enter into it, who, who benefit from us, who benefit because we come to Jesus in trust and faith and reliance on him and receive the benefits of that justification into our lives. Two big pictures. But it's heavy stuff. So let me try and explain. This is me wrangling with the text. There are some things that happen behind closed doors and then the implications of those decisions flow out into life generally. It could be a cabinet meeting. It could be the pastoral search committee meeting. Pray for Hughes Baptist this very morning because they're going through the church meeting to call a new pastor at Hughes. But think about a meeting. And in the office in the meeting is the Holy God. And the Holy God is as clean and sterile as any operating theatre and beyond it. Think of the holiness of this God. And this God is faced with the reality of the unholy us. And the unholy us well, we are like a fully loaded garbage truck, really. Our lives are unclean. We are rebellious. We are defiant. We do terrible acts to each other that fill our truck full of garbage and rubbish that we carry through our lives. And God says, I still love you despite that. And he has acted in a way that requires separation of our garbage from him, the perfect God. And so we are at different ends of this eternal destiny. God in his perfection, us in our sinfulness. What is God going to do about this? He sends his only son to pay the redemption price that makes us to be justified in his holy presence and he declares us to have a right relationship with God because of what Jesus has done for us. Cool? That's how he solves the eternal problem. He sends his son, the Lord Jesus, to take the garbage himself. And then out of that, this amazing message of salvation is offered to us. The benefit of the deal that is done in the back office is that the work of reconciliation done by the death of Jesus on the cross on our behalf brings us into this relationship. 
and makes it possible for us to come and be the holy people that he wants us to be. And we can receive this by simply, as Gary has beautifully said this morning, bowing before the Lord Jesus and receiving what he's done for us. Receiving it as ours. And this text says, since we are justified by what Jesus Christ has done, we can be at peace with God. We're no longer the enemy. We stand with access to this grace that Jesus makes available to you and I as we sit here this morning, as we invite him to be the saviour of our lives. And that's the beautiful, beautiful privilege of what we have in Jesus. And Gary has asked you what I was going to ask you this morning, what I was going to pray for this morning. It's beautiful that you did this. Have you ever received that? Have you ever made it yours? And if you haven't, please, please, please come and bow before Jesus and receive this justifying grace in which we stand. So why do we need this? Why do we need justification for peace? Well, there's three things that I want to say about that. First of all, don't you realise what a serious condition we are in before God? It's like a world pandemic that takes everyone out. And then we see this amazing love of, of, of justification that's sort of like a vaccine to anyone who wants to receive it. And that becomes the foundation for peace. That it's not exclusive just for some people and not for other people. It's available to every person in every age, even though they may not take it. Because in this text in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, it says, Once we were enemies, but now, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Jesus died for the ungodly. Very truly will anyone die for the righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what we hang on to as a basis for being right with God, justified and in peace with God. And so we apply that to ourselves in a pastoral, in a, in a personal cure for our brokenness, for our load of garbage, for our truck. Imagine the truck stop. You've got one at yes. And Jesus is at the truck stop. And we drive up the truck. There's an eternal entry that's at stake. And Jesus says, I'll pay the price. Get out of the truck. Give the load to me. I will take the truck on from here. You can be a passenger in what I've got to do. But leave the garbage with me. 
Some of us have experienced what that means. To let it go and to let God rule the life. What that does, thirdly, is to give us a basis, a secure basis on which to live. A basis for justice and peace. Not limited to our own abilities to live a righteous life in our own eyes. For despite our best efforts and our good thoughts and our right words and our right language, our deeds and even our religion, including our denomination, our church, are all part of what Tim Keller calls the self-salvation plan. I can save myself. Yeah? And God says, uh-uh. We put our best foot forward all the time, but the other one is caught in a bear trap. Our self-salvation plan doesn't work. But in Jesus, we have a secure basis for our life. I said to you earlier, I was 21 when I became a Christian. I was facing fear over death. I'd have enough car accidents on Sundays and Good Friday to scare the living out of me. And I was afraid of my future. But I took hold of the promise of Jesus and I've never been afraid again. And that's more than 50 years ago now. Never been afraid again. In fact, I rejoice knowing where I'm going and he'll be there to meet me at the end. So what effect does this have of feeling and knowing that you are justified? Well, what I've said to you is that it deals with my ugly past. That the judgment upon me is overturned. The judgment upon you is overturned. It cleanses us from sin and the guilt. And we are set free before God. It sets us free from the shame. It tells us that there is no condemnation for us because we are in Christ Jesus and therefore we can begin to live a life that is based in peace. It's not that we never do anything wrong again but we have someone who takes the burden for us. And when that happens I want to tell you that over my life there's been times when the devil has come and said Yes, Lynn, you say that you're a Christian, but what about what you did when you were a teenager? And I say in my heart, God's word promises me that that is past and forgiven in the cross of the Lord Jesus. And Satan, get out of here because you've got no place in that anymore. Found that to be the case? And you know what happens when, that, when I say that to him? Suddenly I just don't feel that burden anymore. 
God just lifts it off and sends it away somewhere and it just dissipates. And I trust in the promise of God's word, not in, the, not in, not in my feelings of righteousness. It's God, not me, who's the, who's, who's the cause of this foundation. First thing. Second thing. It gives legitimacy to my relationships. I am and you are, we are children, sons and daughters of God through Jesus because we are justified by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, New Zealander or Aussie, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. And these family members have this deep affection of love towards God and towards each other because you are his sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are a child, God has made you an heir. That's who I am and you are in relation to God and to each other. And more and more and more, there are people who are pointing the finger at you and me and saying, you don't count for nothing. You are cancelled. You are enemy. You are not friends. And God says, but I'm your friend. And you belong to me. And that relationship counts. Whereas the other relationships are ultimately secondary to that one. Because we're children of a God who loves us. What a privilege. We have our legitimacy to our relationships. And then we have unlimited access to the God that we have asked to be the Lord of our lives. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. We're welcome in his presence. Welcome. There's no one pushing us away and saying, no, no, can't come in here. We can approach him without fear and know that he receives us. And then, I've got to move on. Um, we have a peace with, that God provides us as a basis for our life and our service. Jesus says, build your house on this rock. We do. Seek his guidance. Take steps of faith. Live a life that's based in this foundational truth that we are justified by faith. And live and serve. Build on the rock. Don't sit on the foundation. Build on the, a life on it. That you might be expressing this relationship with God. And lastly, got to finish. Give us... A, Having this being justified, this peace with God, gives us a basis for security and life eternal. Jesus says, 
to you and to me today, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be with you. No matter where you go, I'll be with you. Last words, Matthew's Gospel. I'll be with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me. I'm not going anywhere. You'll come with me. What a security that is. We have peace with God as a foundation and a hope and a strength for a life of shalom, whether it's in the sunshine or whether it's in the storm, even in our death. I want us to stand in that today. Stand in that. Can I dare to ask you to do that today? To stand in that and symbolize it by standing and say, yes, this is where I want to stand. I don't want to stand outside of that reconciliation. I want to stand inside the, the reconciliation. I want to stand in peace with God, in completeness with God, in soundness before God. I want to be a, have this available as the gift of God that I've received through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as a foundation for everything that I am and then to grasp it and to live in the peace and joy of that. And to do that when life gets shattered from time to time and from day to day and from hour to hour and sometimes from minute to minute if you've got young children. We have a God with whom we are at peace. And so to commit ourselves to stand in that today as peacemakers in a broken world, sharing our hope, knowing that we have a final destiny, being his people. Will you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, we stand with you today as your children, loved by you, our God. Welcome in your presence forever. Asking, Lord Jesus, that in this security, on this rock on which we stand, you will enable us to face the storms of life. That you will give us hope and direction and a future. For we know that we are unshaken because of what you have done for us. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for sorting us out before you, releasing us from our truckloads of garbage and inviting us to live in your presence forever. Thank you for the cross that saves us. And we celebrate this today in Jesus' name as we stand together. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. 
As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.